Welcome back to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese history and culture through historical Chinese dramas. I am your host, Karen. Today, it'll just be me to chat about episode 61 of the story of Minglan or This podcast is in English with proper nouns and certain Chinese phrases spoken in Mandarin Chinese. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us via email at karenandkathy at chasingdramas.com or else reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter at chasingdramas. Also, please do leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to us to. If you are looking for some drama recommendations, our website has a number of drama reviews to help you brainstorm. We generally focus on historical Chinese dramas, but there is also a sprinkling here and there of modern shows too. In the last episode, Minglan's good friend, Madame Zhang, was triggered into early labor by the arrogant and honestly quite annoying Mistress Zhou, the concubine of her husband, Shen Guojiu. Shen Guojiu is the younger brother of the Empress and a skilled general. Madame Zhang herself is the daughter of a duke, so both sides are extremely well-off and represent important factions at court. Luckily, Madame Zhang has Minglan for a good friend who leapt into action to help Madame Zhang. Minglan was able to bring the imperial doctor who was being detained by Mistress Zhou and her brother to help Madame Zhang, and in the end, mother and son were safe. However, this debacle was greatly upsetting to the Zhang family, who wants a separation from the Shin family. The conflict grew so great that it escalated to the imperial family and to court. That is where we start episode 61. In episode 61, Mistress Zhou is pinned down by a couple of eunuchs while being slapped across the face repeatedly by the Empress Dowager's head eunuch. It's her punishment for trying to harm the madam of the house. Honestly, I think it's a punishment she rightly deserves. Her face is swollen from the slaps and she is crying in pain. Her husband, the useless <laughs> Shen Guojiu, finally cannot take it anymore and tries to plead with the head eunuch to stop the punishment. This eunuch retorts back that this is the Empress Dowager's orders. He is simply here to follow those orders. In a rush of emotion, Shen Guojiu accidentally pushes the eunuch down a flight of stairs from where he is standing. Well, not really a flight, just a couple of stairs. The eunuch is furious at this insolence and insists he tell the Empress Dowager. Such an act, even though the Empress Dowager was not there, is actually hugely disrespectful to her. By pushing the eunuch, it's essentially signaling that you don't care about the Empress Dowager's punishment or authority. However, in the next scene, we find out that the eunuch fell on purpose. He is walking with the Empress Dowager as she is leaving on a litter out of the palace. He tells the Empress Dowager as much. Clearly, the purpose of this fake fall was to create the illusion that the Shen family is rude and disrespectful, which is currently working. Indeed, the Duke of Ying, Madame Zhang's father, has a private conversation with the emperor where he says that uh, the Zhang family and its soldiers will always be loyal to the emperor and that the emperor should not worry about the tears of women. When the empress dowager heard this, she was over the moon pleased. 
Why? As her eunuch said, aren't these words of loyalty? Instead, the Empress Dowager is like, Nen, the Chinese word which means you're still too naive. You don't get it. From my reading, the Duke of Ying is playing up exactly how loyal and faithful they are to the emperor. He's acknowledging that his daughter has suffered in this marriage, but regardless, they're going to hold their head up high. The unsaid portion of this is to say, hey, look at the Shin family. They are not at all focused on the good of the emperor or the empire, but instead too worried about squabbles of women. The other extremely important point here I want to note is how and why does the Empress Dowager know what the Duke of Ying said privately to the Emperor in such a short amount of time? Obviously, she has spies planted close to the Emperor. In the next scene, Ming Lan goes to visit Madame Zhang, who is currently at home with her parents. It seems that both mother and son are doing extremely well, and Madame Zhang's entire family is grateful for Minglan's actions in protecting both Madame Zhang and her son. The most illuminating piece of information that Minglan gathers, though, is that the Empress Dowager herself has gone to visit Madame Zhang. This shocks Minglan, who has to actually ask a few times to confirm that the Empress Dowager was there. Visiting Madame Zhang is probably where Empress uh, or the Empress Dowager was headed to on her litter earlier in the episode. In thinking through this a little bit more, Minglan decides to head to the palace instead to talk to the Empress. So why is it this problematic to Minglan that the Empress Dowager met with Madame Zhang? At least to Minglan, it is evident that the Empress Dowager is aligning herself with the folks of the old guard, so to speak. She's trying to ensure that she gains the favor of these court officials and generals that have worked with her deceased husband so as to build a military presence that is strong enough to combat the current emperor's strength. Once at the palace, the empress evidently is already chatting with a number of other connected women on what to do next. Her youngest sister, Xiao Shenshi, thinks that because Mr. Sto is already under house arrest and was slapped repeatedly, that's probably enough of a punishment. The Empress doesn't say much and dismisses the group. However, she uses an excuse to keep Minglan behind so that they can have a more frank conversation. At the core, it's again about the conflict between the new regime and the old one. The Empress is trying to figure out how to maintain the peace between these two cohorts. It's not like they don't know that what Mistress Zhou has done is out of line, but they are bound to gratitude that they feel for the original Madame Zhou that saved the Empress's life. That's on a micro level. At a macro level, if the Emperor and Empress do not resolve this conflict in a satisfactory manner, the safety of Prince Huan and many other people in the current regime are at jeopardy. And this also destabilizes the power within the Empire for now. And so, Ming Lan recounts two relevant stories to try to uh, suggest a course of action for the Empress. The first story is that during the Three Kingdoms era, the renowned Cao Cao had decreed that if anyone's horse galloped through and destroyed farm crops, they would be beheaded. 
However, his own horse was spooked and caused him to accidentally run through some crops. He did not shy away from his punishment and instead cut his own hair as his replacement for his head to show that he honored his word. With this act, more people believed in his integrity and moved to follow him. Let's move to explain this a little bit more and why the story is important. Cao Cao is one of the most famous names in Chinese history. Born in 155 AD, he was one of the most crucial individuals in the Three Kingdoms era, laying the groundwork for the Kingdom of Wei after the fall of the Eastern Han Dynasty, which he contributed to. His reputation is mixed, but his brilliance in statehood and leadership are all agreed upon. In order to become the leader that he was, he had unparalleled charisma. The story that Minglan recounts is an example of how he was able to create a following after the fall of the Eastern Han Dynasty by taking a step back, adhering to his word, even though he is the leader. The other story that Minglan recounts is about the Tang Dynasty general Guo Ziyi and his son Guo Ai, who married the Tang Dynasty princess at the time. However, this Guo Ai was rude and even shouted at the princess. In the face of this treatment, the princess went back home to complain. Yet the emperor at the time, her father, admonished his daughter for being difficult and stated that the general Guo Ziyi has the potential and ability to be emperor. So there's no reason why the princess should complain. With those words, the Guo family remained absolutely loyal to the Tang Dynasty emperor at the time. So who was this Guo Ziyi? He was an important general and statesman that helped quash the renowned Anlu Shan Rebellion. This rebellion, and we've talked about it in previous podcast episodes before, was a critical blow to the Tang Dynasty and almost ended it. It caused the then Emperor Li Longji to flee the capital and left a number of important people behind, but this escape also resulted in the death of the famous Yang Yuhuan. Because of Guo Ziyi's contribution to saving the Tang Dynasty, you can see his importance. Now, this quarrel between his son, Guo Ai, who is actually his sixth son, and his wife, the princess, does have some historical documentation. Indeed, it is stated that the princess ran back home to complain about her treatment uh, to her father, and her father, the emperor, Li Yu, did indeed admonish her and said that it's only that Guo Ziyi did not want to become emperor, which is why they are able to retain their position. This Guo Ziyi was indeed a loyal man, as once he heard of this, he actually detained his own son and punished him with canings for his treatment of the princess. Honestly, it's a squabble between a married couple who are both, you know, very well off. I didn't know this, but the story is also the plot of the Chinese uh, opera Zui Da Jinzhi, or Da Jinzhi, and it has a couple of other names. It is ultimately through the emperor's words that ensured the loyalty of this powerful general who probably did have the capability to become emperor if he wanted to. I mean, this guy was quintessential in protecting the Tang Dynasty. It's almost as if uh, you could think he, if he could protect the Tang Dynasty, he would have the ability to destroy it as well. With those two stories that Milan recounts, the empress simply says, understood. After sitting for an entire night, the empress takes her next steps. She tells her maid 
to take the large pearl from her phoenix headdress and gift it to the Zhang family. She instructs the maid to tell the Zhang family that everything that has occurred is the fault of the Shen family and for them to accept the pearl as her apology. Because Shen Guojiu is her younger brother and she is also from the family of Shen. So that's why she's saying that everything is from the Shen family or the fault of the Shen family and she is here to take care of it. Next, she tells her maids to remove her lavish outer robes and remove her hair and makeup. She walks out of her quarters in front of all of the other women in the imperial harem wearing a simple white outfit with her hair completely down and without any embellishment or accessories. This shocks the waiting crowd. The empress then heads over to the emperor's study where he is currently actually being backed into a corner by Prime Minister Han as to what to do about the situation. Outside his study, the empress announces that she is here to repent for her family's mistakes and requests punishment. What is important is that she does not announce herself as the empress. Instead, the words she uses are fu, which directly translates to a woman who has committed a crime. The husband or the emperor is taken aback by her earnestness and this pair head on over to the empress dowager to both request punishment to atone for their mistake. This visit takes the Empress Dowager by surprise, and she was actually talking to the uh, concubine Liu Guifei about what was going on. But with this visit, the Empress Dowager can only say that, you know what, they must work together for the betterment of the empire. When I say they must, meaning the Empress Dowager and the Emperor. So with that, the final punishment for the Shen family is announced. Shen Guojiu, the husband, is to be caned 20 times and his salary forgone for a year. Mistress Zhou is to be slapped another 50 times. Her title is to be removed and she must be confined to bleak quarters. She will not be allowed to tend to Shen Guojiu any further. The Zhou brother that detained the doctor which caused Madame Zhang to suffer during labor is to be caned 30 times and must give the Zhang family 10,000 strings of silver. And lastly, Zhou Ming, another Zhou family relative who was giving out high interest loans that resulted in the death of a person, is sentenced to exile 3,000 li away. As for Madame Zhang, despite her parents' planning, she agrees to stay at the Shen family. As she says, why can't she take charge and create her own world? I personally really do like Madame Zhang. She is another sufferer of the time she lives in, but with her family's support and the support of her friends, such as Minglan, she is strong enough to take ownership of the hand she's been dealt, and she has the capacity to say, you know what, even though it sucks, but I'm going to make the best out of it. I'm going to live my life to the fullest and be the madam of this household. To round out this conflict, we end with the party at the Shin family where friends and family from all over the capital arrive to celebrate the new Shin family son, so the son of Madame Zhang and Shin Guojiu. Despite the festivities, Mistress Zhou is bound, gagged, and dragged away from the Shin manor. She will live out her days in the countryside. The person who enacted this is, I believe, the head maid of the Empress. The younger Shin sister is upset at this scene and goes to find Minglan. 
Ming Lan and Shen Guojiu, plus this younger Shen sister, Xiao Shen Shi, retreat to Mr. Zhou's room to discuss what happened. At first, Xiao Shen Shi is upset with Ming Lan because of Mr. Zhou's treatment. After all, this Shen sister still feels that their family is indebted to the Zhou family for Madame Zhou's sacrifice. But finally, finally, Minglan lays out the cards to explain exactly why everything that's happened is pretty much Shen Guojiu's fault. Oh, God. This was really satisfying because Shen Guojiu really needed a slap in reality. I feel like his heart is in the right place, but he just doesn't think long term enough or just doesn't have the heart to think harshly about the Zhou family, which is causing all of these issues for him right now. Minglan explains that Shen Guojiu was wrong from the very beginning because he wanted to support the Zhou family for their help, but also he's only ever seen this younger sister as a sister. That's why he was so hesitant on marrying her. But since he didn't marry her as wife, Minglan is saying that he should have continued to treat her as a younger sister and found her a good match. His next, I guess, fault was to accept her as a concubine instead. It's evident that this Shen family, both the Xiao Shen Shi, the younger sister, and Shen Guojiu have not thought long term. Because what are the implications for Prince Huan if Mr. Zhou continued to wreak havoc in the family and cause divide between the Shen family and the Zhang family? And what about Shen Guojiu's current children, particularly the daughters Shen Guojiu shares with his deceased wife? If Mr. So stayed, many families would shy away from marrying these two daughters because they would have been raised by a concubine rather than the main wife of the family. Their future prospects would be pretty much ruined. Once Minglan explains all of this, everything finally clicks for the Shin siblings who are listening to her that uh, they really needed to be cold-hearted towards Mr. So in order for the Shin family to survive. To which I say, oh, finally, geez, you guys are such easy targets for the likes of the Empress Dowager, and you really, really have to thank Minglan for explaining all of this to you and helping you out. If it wasn't for her, who knows what additional trouble the Shin family would be in. This storyline more or less resolves itself because at the end of the episode, we hear news from Minglan's family that uh, Grandma Sheng is ill. Minglan rushes home to the Sheng Manor to find that Grandma Sheng is being tended to by an imperial doctor but has not yet woken up. The doctor is hesitant to explain what he thinks is causing Grandma Sheng's illness in front of Minglan, Sheng Hong, and Madame Wang. The climax of the drama will finally unfold in the next couple of episodes as we find out exactly what happened to the adorable Grandma Sheng. more moments to elaborate on what happened in this episode. At a micro level, it is about the fight between two women, Madame Zhang and Mistress Zhou, but it is also ultimately a fight between the Empress Dowager and the Emperor. 
The Empress Dowager throughout this episode was moving chess pieces to throttle the stability of the Emperor's alliance with old generals and court officials. So why was the Empress Dowager and basically everyone so shocked at what the Empress did? Minglan's stories essentially illuminated to the Empress just how much the ruling party can or should step down in order to secure future stability. Cao Cao showed he was not above his own rule, and the Tang Dynasty Emperor elevated the status of the Guo family to such heights that the subjects willingly stayed loyal. In this instance, the Empress, the Emperor, and the Xin side of the family were clearly in the wrong. The Emperor and the Empress were wrong to put together a match between Shen Guozhou and Madame Zhang. They had good intentions because they wanted to uh, align the new power and the old regime and hopefully get them to be partners through this marriage. However, they are stuck by their gratitude towards the Zhou family as the deceased Madame Zhou sacrificed herself so that the Empress would live. That is ultimately why the Emperor, Empress, and the rest of the Xin family more or less turned a blind eye to the despicable deeds the remainder of the Zhou family did. If only Mistress Zhou and her brothers and relatives knew their place, none of this would be a problem. But no, they had to be arrogant and acted above their station, which caused all these headaches. And so now the person who has to clean everything up is the Empress. She proactively removed all pretense of power and authority as Empress and instead humbled herself to the lowest status possible to ask for punishment. This action and the gift of the pearl to the Zhang family shows that she is willing to lose face in order to sincerely request forgiveness for her fault. Any person on the receiving end of this type of sincere request for punishment or forgiveness would have some newfound respect for the Empress. I like to think of it in today's terms. If you think like the Queen of England kneeled down in front of you with a huge pearl and asked for forgiveness on something, uh, wouldn't you accept that graciously and be impressed with her ability to do so given her status? That's kind of what is going on with the Empress. This is also really important because we've heard the contrasting arguments throughout the episode. The women around the Empress, except for Minglan, were all saying that the Empress has done more than enough. She is the Empress. What more can she do? Only Minglan's words eliminated another path for the Empress. That is also why the Empress Dowager was so taken aback by how far the Emperor and Empress retreated in accepting their faults in this marriage between Madame Zhang and Xin Guozhou plus the behavior of Mr. Stowe, no one is expecting it at all. Indeed, very few people would humble themselves in this way, but by doing so, the Empress and Emperor were able to win back the hearts of court. And in this round, despite all of the uh, things in the background the Empress Dowager was doing, the Empress Dowager ultimately lost. She thought she could turn the legs of the Duke of Ying against the Emperor, but instead... Their bonds are now even stronger. This is evident because as we heard about those who attended the party Madame Zhang and Chen Guozhou hosted, eight dukes and their families appeared, almost all the generals went, and pretty much half of the scholar ministers, as well as members of the censorate, which are more closely aligned with the Empress Dowager, went to this party, or else their family members did. And even if they didn't attend or their family members didn't attend, they sent gifts. 
the Empress Dowager's head eunuch is fuming that they suddenly all turn towards Shin Guojiu and in turn the emperor. But given the actions of the empress, it's a little surprised that they did. And the Empress Dowager even says as much. She's like, you know what? It makes sense. I get it. <laughs> Once again, in this drama, the women, Minglan, Madame Zhang, and the Empress have to clean up after their men. The main problem man in this episode is, of course, the state uncle, Shen Guojiu. Every single time I watch this episode, I'm just like, dude, your wishy-washiness is causing so much pain and suffering for yourself, your current wife, and so many others around you. It's his own marital problems that endangered his entire clan, and his older sister is left to pick up after him. You can tell he's a man who doesn't own up to his mistakes, but and pretty much wanted everything. He has the women in his life bear the brunt of the downfall. Shen Tongxing, his, his real name, is punished in the end, even though it's not a really harsh punishment, but the empress had to suffer a huge humiliation, his wife, Madame Zhang, barely survived childbirth, and Mistress Zhou, as despicable as she was, was severely punished and tossed out. He walks away scot-free in comparison. Ladies and gentlemen, please don't be this guy. Don't be wishy-washy. I think that's the moral of the story. Or else have someone like Minglan explain to you why it's bad to uh, bring in your <laughs> wife's sister as a concubine. <laughs> okay, rant over. Let's move on to some book differences. In the book, the standoff really is between the emperor and the Duke of Ying. When the Duke of Ying returns to court, he doesn't mention anything about the incidents between his daughter and her husband. He only states that he and his family continue to be loyal to the emperor, similar to what I explained earlier in this episode. The emperor, after hearing this, ponders the subtleties of the statement and slowly turns his wrath towards the Shen family. That is because with his statement, the duke clearly and cleverly juxtaposes his family with that of the Shen family. The underlying message is, everything my family has done is for the emperor. We are loyal to you. What has the Shen family done? They have allowed a mistress to upstage the wife of the family. What is the meaning of the Shen family? Are they unhappy with the emperor? Is that why they've treated Madame Zhang so poorly? Are they still loyal to you? The emperor cannot have disloyal subjects. So in the book, he is not nearly as supportive of his wife and the Shen family as he is in the drama. He shuns the empress and criticizes their sons. Shen Guojiu is constantly being paraded at court for his actions, and other officials enumerate all of his and the Zhou family's misdeeds. This is a warning side to the Shen family that the emperor is pissed off with their actions and as a reminder that he is now the emperor and not a lowly prince somewhere. The book only has one sentence mentioning the empress removing her empress headdress to beg for forgiveness. The drama, of course, spends more time emphasizing this act. The Empress Dowager doesn't play much of a role, and the focus is more uh, between the old guard and the new guard, with them vying for favor and power with the emperor. In the book, Mistress Zhou actually also accosts Minglan in a desperate attempt to regain favor, but that obviously comes to no avail. And that is it for today's podcast episode. 
we resolved the conflict between the Shen family and the Zhang family. And now Mingline is even more elevated in the eyes of those of status in the capital city. But now she has to tend to her grandmother, who is seriously ill. The next couple of episodes will be the highlight, I think, of the drama as Minglan goes toe-to-toe to figure out exactly who is trying to harm her beloved grandmother. Thank you all so much for listening. If you are looking for a platform to watch Chinese dramas and you are in the U.S., Take a look at our sponsor, Jubao TV, where you can stream Chinese dramas and movies online through their streaming platform, Jumo, X-U-M-O, or else on TV via Xfinity and Cox Contour. The shows and movies are all free, and they do have English subtitles as well, which actually makes things a lot easier, uh, <laughs> at least for us as well when we're watching. The music you heard is the song called Lan, with sheet music by Bingjie Won Yeo-jun and played by me. We will catch you all in the next exciting episode.